The Afternoons with Joy podcast is presented by United Faith Mortgage. Let their direct lender advantage save you time and money. to a very special edition of the Afternoons with Joy podcast. I am your host, Joy Summers, and I do a radio show on WayFM. Today's guest, oh snap, you're in for a treat. I'm so glad you clicked on this because the content is life-changing. Even after the interview is over and the mic stopped, I was telling Christy how I'm already applying some of the things in her book because awareness is the first step to changing your life. And frankly, I say this in the beginning of the interview, when I first saw that Christy Wright from Dave Ramsey, who's our guest today, that she had written a book about life balance, I thought, yeah, right, Christy. I hate that word. I hate when people pretend that our lives can be balanced because they can't. And it just made me frustrated that somebody was going to front like you could have it all because I'm having a hard time being a full-time working mom. But Christy's concepts say you don't need to worry about having it all. You just need to figure out how to do the right thing at the right time. And the best part is that she talks about how to have a guilt-free life. And so many of us walk around with that mom guilt or just guilt in general, feeling like we're failing because we can't do it all. And she directly addresses that. And what I love is she gives us practical steps to work through. So I highly recommend her book, which is called Take Back Your Time. It is out now. Please help me welcome our guest this week. Christy Wright. So I'm here today with a very special guest. Christy Wright is here with me. You might know her because she's a New York Times bestselling author. False. You're but not? I would love to be. You're not? But you just speak that into the universe Wait, I and I will. Were. Oh my word! Bestselling, not New York Times. They got kind of their own way of Listen, doing things. Listen, how dare they, Christy? Okay, bestselling Rude. author. How dare it not be New York Times? You may have been to one of her events. I went to the business boutique years ago. So powerful. She's an amazing speaker, mom, and you have this brand new book out yep. called Take Back Your Time. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be straight up with you. When I first heard about this book and it came across and I was like it's about life balance Christy I'm one of those people who was like don't like it don't want it you and the rest of the world it makes me mad a hundred percent which is specifically why I called it that on the cover I'm an Enneagram 8 so I'm like oh you hate this word I will print it on the cover (laughs) I was like on purpose Christy you think you know how to balance no one knows how to balance life because I'm a brand new mom and so I started thinking it's impossible and it triggers all that like failure stuff in us so I'm so grateful Christy's transformed it for me honestly you have with this book so can you tell us how it's not about the way we think of work-life balance it's just not yes well that's why I love the tagline of the book because Mm -hmm. when you when we the way that we define it the guilt-free guide to life balance because that's why most of us hate it is because it is just weighed down by guilt we always feel like we're failing and here's what's fascinating So we have a lot of mixed up ideas about balance. We think it means we've got this 50-50 split, we've got a perfect pie and there's perfect pieces of the pie for every area of our life. And then when we don't do that, because we can't Mm -hmm. and we won't, it's not remotely sustainable um, or practical, then we feel guilty and we feel like Mm -hmm. we're failing. Yeah. So, So it led me down this path of going, what if we're asking the wrong question? What if we think it's the wrong thing? Because one of the things I've noticed is when we talk about this word, As much as we hate this word, and you're not the only one, literally everyone does, as much as we hate it, we can't stop talking about it. Because we We can't stop asking about it. Yes, there's something in us going, something feels like it's not right. Now, we're calling it balance. 
but then the way that we define it is impossible, so we feel like we're failures. So that can't be right, yeah, right? That's because it, up. that's not possible. We don't know what it is. We're just sure we don't have it. Yes. So it becomes this shadow that haunts us at every mm -hmm. corner. I'm like you're failing, you're failing, you're failing. It's not that we but don't know what to do. I we're just sure we're doing the wrong do. thing. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter how we spend our time, it's somehow the wrong thing. So I started digging into it. And you and I were even talking about this before we started recording. But I think that we're asking the wrong question when we use it as a verb. We say, how do you balance it all? We've got all the analogies, spinning plates, juggling balls, walking the tightrope. Those people look stressed, okay? Like, <laughs> have you ever seen a tightrope walker? <laughs> I don't want to live like that. I can't even watch it. I'm too stressed I, to add that I to I don't want to live like that. <laughs> but what if, what if that's not it? What if it's not a verb? It's not an action? What if balance is something that you could create in your life where you actually feel balanced and you can still be busy, where you could feel balanced in an out of balance world, where it looks more like peace, mm -hmm. being confident in your choices, being proud of how you spend your time for once. I think that's what we're actually after yeah. when we say we want balance. We call it balance and we pursue productivity, but that's not the path there. We just end up exhausted. Yes. So what if it's something different where we could be balanced and feel balanced and feel peace and feel confidence, and hey, guess what, the path to that is very different than the path to doing more and being super productive and efficient. So I wanted to redefine it, reclaim it, mm -hmm. and then show you a path that is actually possible to achieve that version of balance mm -hmm. in your life. I think that's why I was so drawn. I think everybody is. When you start talking, there's something in us that says, my calendar's out of whack, but you're saying it's not even about the calendar. It's, it's much deeper than that. Yes. So tell us where you start. You talk about um, you don't need more time. You just need to do the right things at the right time. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yes. So we think that um, we just need to do more. We need more time. And if we had more time, we would just cram more in. Yeah. And what's interesting is the issue is not even the amount of time that we have. The issue is, is the things that we're spending our time on. And they either make us feel balanced or not. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I want to help people do is decide what matters to them. The way that I phrase it is what's right right now. Yeah. When you decide what's right right now, then it gives you a clarity about what you should be spending your time on. And, and this is really important, it helps you shake the guilt for all the things that are not important right now. Yeah. So if we can't do everything all the time, which we can't, then what we need to ask is what's right right now? That's a hard question to answer. It, it is, is, it is, but it's such a different question than what we ask ourselves. It's do I wanna do it? Does this person need me? Do mm. I have FOMO? Does yeah. this sound fun? Sure, it sounds fun. <laughs> There's all kinds of things, but yeah. a good, here's what I've been saying recently, and this, is so, this isn't in the book, but it's just kind of clarity that's coming. A good thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Oh, so I wanna go important. to Europe, I wanna get a dog. I want to do a lot of things. Yes. That's, this is not the time for that. Mm -hmm. So it would, if I got a dog right now, it would stress me out to the max, even trying to plan a trip. Yeah. So what we need to do is say, what's right right now? And what's mm -hmm. fascinating is when you ask yourself what's right right now, mm -hmm. even if what's right is hard, it helps you be present for it, be proud of it, be focused, feel balanced. <sighs> this like centeredness as you do the mm -hmm. right things at the right time and shake the guilt for all the things that are not right. Let's use a extreme example because yeah. I think those um, make sense for teaching. Let's say that someone is watching or listening right now and they have a parent that needs to be cared for. Yeah. That takes a lot of time. They go over to their house, they're worrying doctors and in-home nurses. I'm just making this up, but this is a very real scenario for someone. Yeah. Well, because they are spending a lot of time taking care of a parent, which is right right now, 
They're not working out. They're not reaching goals. They're not doing a bunch of fun stuff. They haven't seen their friends. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're not careful, we'll focus on all the things we're not doing and feel guilty for it. Oh, I'm failing. Mm -hmm. But what I want to help people do is flip their focus to this thing that is right. So what's right right now? Taking care of my mom. Mm. What's right right now? Taking care of my mom and being present for her. This is the season I'm in. When you determine and decide what is right right now, it gives you permission to focus on it and shake the guilt for all the things that are not right right now. So here's a yeah. here's a sillier example that's yeah. not not near as intense. So right now I'm in a season of launching a book. Of course, my kids always make the cut, even if it's it looks differently. And I'm in seminary. Okay, all Girl. of those are very <laughs> consuming. Okay? Holy moly. All of those are very consuming. So before you get all impressed with all the things I'm doing, let me tell you what I'm not doing. Okay? <laughs> my house is not very clean, as clean as I'd like it. I do not see my friends, and I'm not working out near as much. Mm -hmm. The implications of, of what I'm talking about where I say, what is right right now? I can walk through my house. I can step over toys. And instead of feeling guilty, like, oh, you're such a failure. Look at your house. Your house is a mess. You're a mess. I can step over those toys and go, oh, girl, it's not the time for that. <laughs> not the time for a clean house. I actually this never is, want it to be the time is, for that. <laughs> is that okay? Yes. <laughs> this is not right right now. Yes. You're reading 300 pages a week on Revelation. <laughs> That's what's right right now. And so, again, bringing yourself back wow. to what's right right now, man, it will give you peace. It will give you a sense mm -hmm. of pride it'll make you feel balanced. That's but it's powerful. not because you're doing more or everything or everything perfectly. You're just doing what's right for you. And that is freeing yeah. in a world where people are weighed down by guilt. We are. I have to tell you, so going over your material, last night I finished the day and I'm getting in bed with my husband and I was going, I can't believe it. I didn't even finish all the laundry. I didn't get all the dishes done. I didn't get everything prepped that I wanted to for work tomorrow. And I was going through this list and I thought of what you talk about in your book and I said, Good, good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said, let's talk about what we did get done today. And I was like, I got three-fourths of the laundry done. I got the list room clean. I got, you know, it That's really right. does change things for you. It does. But as we go back to when you first start, and that has to do with determining what matters, I'm having trouble with that, Christy. Yeah. Can you help me? How do you determine what matters when it feels like everything matters? Your job matters, your kid yes. matters, your house matters, your marriage matters. So how do you put, how do you put things in order? Does that yes. make sense of first, yes. second, third? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about priorities. Yeah. Priorities, which is what you're talking about here. Priorities is to put things in order of importance. Yeah. And we suck at it. Can I say suck on the show? We suck at it, okay? <laughs> yes, girl, you do. We Sounds really true. are the worst. Yeah. We treat everything as if it's created equal. Mm -hmm. Even when we rattle off our to-do list, we list them as if they're, I've got I've to make homemade cookies for the whole neighborhood and pay my bills and feed my kids and work out and reorganize the attic. These are not created equal. <laughs> These are not all the same. But they Bills feel... and attic are not the so, so the first is understanding that everything is not important. Yeah. When we can first acknowledge that, then we can begin to be honest with ourselves, and that's a big piece of this I'm gonna come back mm -hmm. to, and put in order what actually is important. So, priorities. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to think of priorities as this set it and forget it thing. Yes. And Christians are really bad about this. If I talk about priorities, they'll go, well, I know my priorities. They're God, other, self in that order. And amen. And that I'm like, doesn't really that, help that is beautiful. However, it's not practical. Yeah. And so one of the things that I teach in my book is um, I believe there are two types of priorities. The one type of priorities when you talk about God, other self is what I would what I would call concrete or fixed mm. priorities. This would be your set of priorities that if push comes to shove and all hell breaks loose, mm -hmm. this is what matters most. My kids come before my work in that scenario. Always. Of course, yeah. absolutely. God calling me comes before work or, or from anything in that. So you've got this list of priorities that if push comes to shove, this is what makes the cut in this order. 
thankfully we don't live in that world yeah, most of the time. Can't. We live in a world that's very practical, like how am I gonna manage my Tuesday? Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to have another set of priorities, and this is the priorities you actually manage your time by. These are what I call flexible priorities, and they are more reflective of the season you're in, the week you're in, the day you're in. They are more current, relevant, and specific. Yeah. So whereas my fixed priorities might be family comes before work, my flexible priorities for the season might look like, I want my kids to learn how to swim this spring. Yeah. So it's very specific. I want to launch my book and hit a bestsellers list. I want to take, you know, and mm -hmm. so then you have this list. Well, I'll tell you, real talk, and I'm saying this on purpose to ruffle, ruffle people's feathers. My work comes before my kids right now. That's intentional. Now, it doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. It's a but in the practical implication of my calendar, if I get an opportunity to go to New York, oh, great, great example. I'm going to get booked um, 5 a.m. this next week to, to be on a, on a national media hit. Well, I'm going to take that. Or if I got an opportunity to go travel across the country, I'm going to take that. Because you're launching this book. Because I'm launching a book, and I've decided this is most important. Mm -hmm. Now, outside of my time spent launching the book, of course, I see my kids. I spend time mm -hmm. with kids, and then I'm in seminary. And then a lot of stuff doesn't make the cut, like cleaning the house perfectly, seeing my friends yeah. are working out. Yeah. Just because something is not right right now, doesn't mean it's never right. Mm -hmm. It just means in this season, I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. about what makes the cut and what does it. And yeah. here's what's powerful about this. When you decide what makes the cut and what doesn't, then you get to choose what makes the cut and what doesn't. Yeah. When you refuse to prioritize and you just cram it all above the line, it's all important, it's all important. Then oh, when girl. things drop, because they will, because it won't all fit, yeah. you actually don't get to choose what falls. And then it feels And then awful. you've reorganized the attic and you didn't spend any time with your kids and you beat yourself up, but it's not because you're a bad mom, it's just because you're trying to cram all this stuff above the line instead of prioritizing, here's what I'm gonna say yes to, mm -hmm. and I'm going to have the control and have the power and have the intentionality to say no to these things, so I'm in control of my yeses and nos. So prioritizing for your season, even for your week, even for your day, is actually a very freeing thing yeah. where you go, I'm not gonna feel guilty for these things I'm saying no to, because I'm choosing in the season to say yes to these things. And so it's a more it's just a more current and specific and practical way to prioritize, if that makes sense. Yes, and there's so much intentionality in saying, I'm going to choose what I say yes and no yeah. to, because I just don't think we think about our lives right. like that. We yeah. think we don't have time to prioritize, right. but you're saying it actually, well, your book, it takes your time back. Yeah. Hey, just taking a quick break from our conversation with Christy Wright. It's so good, right? I told you this would be applicable stuff. Just wanted to tell you about our sponsors. If someone told me they were a part of a chicken of the month club, I would think that they were getting free Chick-fil-A every single month. But we've actually partnered with Food for the Hungry. And when you join the chicken of the month club, you're providing two chickens to a different vulnerable family every single month. Here's why that's so important, because there are families struggling with hunger around the globe right now. In fact, Marta is a woman who lives in Bolivia, and her kids were underweight and unhealthy, and all they had was corn and potatoes to eat. But they got to take advantage of this Chicken of the Month Club, and they received two chickens. And now that they're laying eggs, her kids are getting healthier by the day they are in school. And that all happened because of a generous person like you. We partner with Food for the Hungry because they are a Christian organization that is going to the ends of the earth to help the most vulnerable people. All you have to do to help provide two chickens every single month for a different family is go to fh.org joy. 
today and give that $28 a month. You can give that sustainable source of protein for a family that desperately needs it. Click the link in the show notes or go to fh.org slash joy. Being in the grocery checkout line with a sleeping toddler is stressful. I was trying to get out the other day when I realized one of my packages of frozen vegetables was sliced open. So I tried to hand it to the cashier and he said, ma'am, it is not your turn. I'm going to need you to step back. That is not the kind of attention and one-on-one care I needed in that moment. And this is why we are confident working with United Faith Mortgage. Because when you're in need, buying a house or working on your current mortgage, you need someone who's going to give you personal one-on-one attention. And that's exactly what their small faith and family team will do. United Faith Mortgage also has this direct lender advantage. See, that means there's no middleman. And this advantage often can save you monthly and lifelong money. So if you want to refinance your home or you're just looking to get into that home of your dreams, check out unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. I love thinking about it as a season because what I've struggled with is being like, I have a kid now. I'm never going to have time to work out again. Mm-hmm. I'm never going right, to have time to see right. my friends again. But that's not true. Right. And even thinking there's a season for each thing, does that mean you rework your calendar per season? Yes. What does that really look like? Yeah. So the way that I break it down in the book is there's three um, time frames that I think are important to look at. Your season. So like in the mm-hmm. summer, I took Fridays off. I played with my kids all the time. Saw my friends and my house was clean. And that was the summer. <laughs> That was a different world. You're than like, the world. that's a different Christmas. That's right. That, <laughs> She's chill. We're in a different time right now. Um, and so at, at my life kind of falls in three seasons, really. It's fall, which is usually crazy for work, and it falls on my kids' school calendar. Mm-hmm. Spring, similar, and then summer's lighter, and my kids are off school. So at the beginning of a season, mm-hmm. I will look at that. Now, someone else may have a different uh, time frame for their seasons. Yeah. Their seasons may look different. But at the beginning of season, I will sit down and truly say, what do I want this season to look like? Mm-hmm. What um, what do I want to make sure happens this season? Mm-hmm. And when you simply think about what that is, then you can begin to shape your calendar around that. So then you know what to say yes to and no to because it's in line with your season. Of course, within that though, each week might look different. So yeah. at the beginning of a week, Sunday night, we just did this last night. My husband and I will sit down and go, hey, what have you got going on this week? What have I got going on this week? Are you taking Carter to soccer? Am I taking, you know, the dentist <laughs> yes. appointment, all the things. It might look just like your season. It might look mm-hmm. a little different than your season, and that's okay. Yeah. And then even within that, each day, I will spend, I kid you not, it takes 30 seconds maybe to go, what do I want this day to look like? What are my yeah. top priorities for this day? Maybe it's exactly what I thought it was going to be on Thursday that I set on Sunday. Maybe my week's changed. My yes. energy's changed. My priorities have changed. And this is very, very freeing for people, especially women, because we can hold our feet to the fire for the plans we set yesterday, Sunday, the last season in January. <laughs> But things have changed. And when things change, things need to change. So you have permission to change your mind, your plans, your priorities, based on what your priorities are in that given moment. The simple practice of asking yourself, what's right right now? Maybe Mm -hmm. it's what you thought was going to be right. Maybe it's something different, and that's okay. And the other piece of this in relation to the calendar, this goes back to everyone thinks that life balance is doing everything for an equal amount of time. I don't think it looks like that at all. Instead, I think that over the course of your life, as things ebb and flow, your most important priorities make the cut, but not all of them all the time. You probably have seven to 10, if I'm guessing, seven to 10 things that are important to you. 
in the grand scheme of life. Which is a lot. But only three to five can make the cut at any given time. And yes. even within a week, I will have a morning I do a quiet time, a morning I work out, a morning I sleep in. That makes me feel so much better, Christy. That's my life right now. Versus, I'm like, I can't believe I don't work out every day. I yes. can't believe I'm not in my Bible every single morning. But here's what we do. You make such a good point because even with the to-do list, we'll have 50 things on it. Yes. We'll get 47 done and beat ourselves up for the three. I want to help you flip your focus of what did you do right? So, mm -hmm. for example, one morning I might, like this morning, for example, I had my quiet time and I did five minutes of stretching, but I didn't work out. I just did some stretching because I have some back problems. Yeah. I didn't work out and I didn't sleep in. Okay, another morning I might sleep in. Instead of beating yourself up for the mm. quiet time, the workout, whatever, be like, hey, I got some extra rest. That is a success, That's people. That's good. Yeah. I chose that. So focus on what you're doing right. A simple practice I've started is before I create my to-do list for the day, mm. I write down what I'm proud of from the day before. Because oh. this is... We beat ourselves up for everything yet to be done, and we live in this perpetual state of, I haven't done this, do I haven't list. done this. Yes. So simply, before you pile on the pressure and you pile on the work, go, I'm going to take 30 seconds and write down, what am I proud of from yesterday? It could be three-fourths of the laundry. It could be I hung out with my friends. It could be I rocked my baby. I hosted dinner. I, whatever. I had some time to myself. Mm -hmm. Just write it down. Channeling your attention toward what you did right from yesterday is going to help you Put into perspective what you're piling on for today mm -hmm. because you're going, hey, even if I don't check all these off, I'm doing something. Yes. Instead of focusing on what you're not doing, what you perceive you're not doing right, focus on what you are doing right. And that's going to help you completely um, appreciate how you're spending your life. That's powerful yeah. because it takes some of that shame we put on ourselves yes. and the guilt and you're saying no to it. You're yeah. saying, I'm going to reframe this and look at the things that I am getting That's done. Right. That's right. And I tried one of your practices last night. Girl, I sat down with a blank calendar. Can we talk about our blank week calendar? Yes, yes. Let's talk about this. Tell us why you think it's important to even sit down with a blank calendar for the week. And I tried to like make a line and write things above and below the line. It was like very hard and I felt yes. a little lost, but this is a practice I want to get into. So tell us why that's important. Well, it's just a great to uh, coaching practice. So I've mm -hmm. done this for years with business clients, but you can do it for any type of schedule. If you only try to look at your calendar and rearrange the pieces, it's just exhausting. It because fit. because you can't see the forest through the trees. You're just in this mess and you're in the weeds and you can't discern what actually matters and what doesn't. But if you take a blank slate, if you take a blank calendar, go, okay, I'm going to put in the things I have to do, work, sleep, take the kids to school. Like yeah. very few things make the cut in the have to do category. Yeah. But when you put those in, you realize you actually have a lot of time left over mm -hmm. for things that you want to do, things you never had time for before. And so you begin to plot those things. Okay, this is what a quiet time would look like or a workout or time with friends or date night or time alone or whatever, house projects. You put it all on the calendar. And then in, in any of these new things, you look at your old calendar and you say, oh, wow, these five things didn't make it over. That means you don't have to do them and you don't want to do them. So they should not get your time. But if you don't start with a blank slate, you might go, oh, well, I've always done that. Well, I've done it for yep. seven years. Well, she really needs me. So starting with a blank slate can give you a different mm. la layer of clarity about what you want to go on this schedule mm -hmm. and what you don't. Yeah, I love that you're telling us to say no to some things because that's yeah. hard for all of us. So there's intentionality, we're saying no to some things, but then one of the things that you have said that's hit me so much is talking about being present for the things that matter. Chrissy, yeah. this is so hard for us. I'm so glad you're bringing awareness. And you have a soapbox about our phones. Can yeah. you get on it for a second? Because girl, I need to hear yes. it all day. Well, and it's not just the phones. It's, I mean, even as women, like our minds wander a hundred miles an hour. We're thinking about a million places we have to go and things we have to do even while we're in a moment. Because we can do it. We can sure. be so fast in our brains. Sure. 
So the fit, I, I lay out a path in my book of the, what I call the path to balance. And this is very tactical things you can do. Decide what matters, stop doing what doesn't matter, create a calendar that reflects what matters, protect what matters. And then the fifth one that you're referring to is be present for what matters. Yeah. Here's why this matters. Because even if you create the most perfect schedule in the world, you do all these steps. If you're not present for it, you miss it. And then, and so at the step of being present to actually be where your feet are, yeah. wherever you are, be there is going to help you not only experience a moment while you're in it, which is a really rare thing these days, it's, it is. it's gonna help you enjoy it more. And there's some fascinating research I cite in the book from Harvard that shows that mind wandering, when your mind wanders, not even considering social media, which there's tons of research on how that correlates with anxiety and depression, but let's just take social media out of it. Let's just say our mind wandering. There's fascinating research that the more your mind wanders, the more unhappy you are mm. in your life. So if you can train your brain, which you can, train your brain to be present in the moment you're in, to be where your feet are. Mm. You actually are happier, you feel more balanced. And here's what I've experienced as I've started to practice this really intentionally over the last year. This sounds silly and it sounds all woo woo, it's not. <laughs> you feel more alive. Yeah. Like you, you feel your breath, you feel your clothes, your textures, the lights, mm -hmm. the sounds, you feel your body, like you feel more at home in your body. And I know mm. that sounds weird, but That's we don't realize healthy. how disconnected we are from our body, yeah. where we are sleepwalking through life. Mm. And our body is one place and our mind is another. If you can bring your mind back to your body, which I believe is where it was designed to be, <laughs> then you feel more alive, you appreciate these moments, you enjoy these moments, and it turns out you feel more balanced. And as a side effect, you're happier. Yes. So this is huge. But I wanna, I wanna come back to something you said a minute ago, the saying no, can we talk about that? Yeah. Because I had to do it this week. Oh, it's like I so still have to, hard. It's so hard. People get really upset. They do. Mm -hmm. So I practice what I preach. It doesn't mean it's easy, but I literally, can I just tell you a text what, I got last can week? Can you tell me what you said no to? I got a text and it was like, here is this um, event. It was a church event. So it's church, Jesus. You gotta be there for, <laughs> listen. So we're small group leaders and it was a text about, hey, wanna let you know about our small group leader lunch. It's at this time after the service, you can RSVP here. Here's the text. I love this guy that sent it. I can't say enough good things, but here's it. I hope you'll make every effort to attend. Like, that feels assertive. <laughs> You're like, what if I felt, can't? Felt, or it, it doesn't aggressive. go above the line this week. What? It, it doesn't, it doesn't. What I thought and did not say, I wanna say up front, I did not say this, but what I thought is, I will not be making every effort. <laughs> I will be making exactly zero efforts yes. because I will not be attending. It's not for me, <laughs> yes. yes, every I did not say that, I said it nicer. I said, hey, this is book launch week and two of my three kids' birthdays. We are not taking any more commitments at this no. time. But here's, if, if, if anyone, but especially Christians that just wanna be so nice mm -hmm. and they love Jesus, me too. But if yeah. we cannot protect what matters, you're gonna spend your whole life running mm -hmm. ragged for someone else. And I don't believe Jesus called, it to, called us to be a doormat. Yeah. I think that we have to develop this skill of saying no and protecting what matters most so that we can be present in our life and so that we can do what God does have for us. Yeah. Because when we're so busy trying to be the savior of the world, we might even miss what God has put mm -hmm. right in front of us. And so yeah. all of these are very tactical things from creating mm -hmm. a calendar to protecting it with saying no, yeah. to being present for it. But when you do this, you actually do 
create balance and feel balanced in your in your life. Yeah, there's so much awareness in just mm. taking stock. Yes. I think that's where it starts with your conversation and I'm grateful because we sometimes feel so stressed and so overwhelmed yes. we don't stop to take stock and you don't look at your priorities, you don't look at what you're saying yes and no to and it's honoring God to take care of your family, to yes. get your work done to the best of your ability and to remember that like you there is seasons where you can serve God in in so many capacities yes. but somewhere it looks like being it, present. It looks in your different. Life. You make such a good point too, because I've noticed this. When you say taking stock, it makes me think of even checking in with ourselves. We don't. We do don't. That. We don't. We wake up, we pour the coffee, and we run. <laughs> Girl, as fast as we can in our as heels. As fast <gasps> as we can. You're so right. And it's so overwhelming. What would it look like to, and I've started doing this with, with this is a part of my quiet time. So there's the, the Bible study I'm doing. There's also the just journaling. And it's, mm -hmm. I'm not a big journaler. I don't journal pages and pages. I mean, three to five lines. But here's what I do. I check in with myself. Like, hey, Christy, how you doing? <laughs> like, what a concept. We don't do this. No. We don't check in with ourselves. What if you just started your day and literally spent 30 to 45 seconds checking in with yourself going, how am I doing what do I need today mm -hmm. to be who God created me to be? To be? What yeah. do I need today in order to do what I want to do? And what does that look like for you some days? Yes, some days it looks like, man, I have got a lot of energy. I'm gonna knock some things out today. I'm gonna clean the house and knock through my to-do list. Some days it's like, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I'm a little sad. I got some bad news and I don't wanna put pressure on myself. This could free us from being these terrible taskmasters in our own lives where we simply check in before we start running and go, how you doing? Mm -hmm. What do you need? Okay, now with that in mind, let's plan our day. Yes, that's powerful, especially when you are a parent potentially yes. and you're planning a day for others as well. Yes. They deserve the best version of you. Sometimes I don't know how I'm doing, Christy, until someone asks me and then I go, oh, And stress. even then you probably just give an answer and run even more. You're like, fine, great. Anyway, how are you next? Like, Have you're a running. great day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things I want to ask as we're, in, as we're closing, yeah. one of the practical things about our phones is that I do feel like we tend to want to be connected all the time and yeah. I know that's dangerous. So when you get home, what do you do with your phone? Are you okay with shutting it off? Yeah. Do you leave it in your car? What, yeah. what do you practically do knowing you turn it back on before bed? Like, what yes. does that look like? Well, I want to first give parents, everyone listening, uh, a bit of empathy here and go, hey, uh, research shows we pick up our phones 2,600 times a day. I just can't even fathom that. And let me follow that with, you're not a bad person for doing so. There are other psychological factors at play of the addictive nature of technology and what is happening in our brains. Dopamine is being released. We're constantly, we're seeking it and we don't mean to. So let me start by that. You're not a bad person. Yeah. I do it, you do it, we all do it, we don't want to. Yes. So since we know that, you have to put some boundaries in place to protect you from this thing that is pulling at you. Yes. So one of the things I found is out of sight, out of mind. If it's out of my sight, I don't go find it. Mm -hmm. So for someone, it might mean you go upstairs and put it on the charger. For me, I put it in a box. Like literally I have a box, a mail, a, it's like a box, a little just like gift box from Target that I put it in when I, it's on the kitchen counter when I walk in the door. So you, you can put it in a drawer, it. leave it in the car. There's mm -hmm. lots of ways to get it out of sight. Yeah. When it's out of sight, it is out of mind and it forces you to be more present in the moment. It does. And for me, those hours are 5.30 to 7.30. I will take my phone out of the box, out of its cage at 7.30. My husband and I will check our phones, whatever. See if you no anything. big deal. Mm -hmm. But with my kids, I just want them to see my eyes, not my yeah. forehead illuminated by a screen. 
that may not be right for everybody. If someone's a doctor on call, they find something else that works for them. Um, but I just want to encourage people that you're not a bad person for reaching for it, but it is your responsibility to protect against that addictive nature that we have with it in order to be present for what matters most to you. Yeah, thank you for these practical things, Christy, because we're walking around with too much guilt. We're walking yeah. around missing our lives. We're not even taking stock. And these things are small and practical. Yeah. And so what do you hope that somebody takes away from reading your book? What do you hope their life starts to look like if somebody does consume it? I want, in one line, I want them to enjoy their life. Yeah. The way that I say it, it's not about managing the calendar, it's about enjoying the life the calendar represents. And all of this is an effort to help you enjoy your life more. Yes, well girl, we can get you on that New York Times bestseller list. Go get the book. <laughs> your words to God's ears. <laughs> Take back your time, Christy Wright is out now and we hope you'll pick it up. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having me, this yes. is so fun.